Hey there. Before we start this episode of Jackson Film Club, the podcast, we wanted to let you know that if you like what we do and you want to support us, you can make a one-time donation using Venmo at JXN Film Club, or you have the option to make uh, recurring donations by visiting our anchor profile at anchor.fm slash JXN Film Club. Thank you for your support. God grant me the serenity to accept the movies I bought and will never watch, <laughs> the courage to watch the ones I can, and the income to keep purchasing them. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, man. Michael, that's a really topical. That's that's a big issue for a lot of us. Anyway. Just buy a lot of movies. Welcome to this episode of Jackson Film Club, the podcast. I'm Sam Grafe. I'm joined by... Um, your co-host Michael Lamb, and we're also joined by Micah Smith. Micah hey, Smith. hey, what's up? Micah Smith of Empty Atlas fame, among, among other fames, among so many famous. fames. Uh, also, copywriter at, at the Ceasefire <laughs> fame. Yep. Also, just discovered a couple couple hours ago that uh, Mike has actually known my family for a long time. So yeah. that's kind of cool, crazy. Small world. Shout out to the Sea Paws crew for real. Like it, it was a bizarre, like wonderful group of people that all worked at the same restaurant for a little while. It was is kind of nuts. Shout out Sea Paws 2005 crew. Yeah, you- <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, were you like five then? I was three. Please. Uh, so uh, we're here to talk about your top twenty movies of yeah. all time. Uh, so. I mean, we we all know what we're here for. Let's let's not beat around the bush. So Micah's list is ranked, and we're going to start at number twenty and work our way up. Yeah, and they're they're ranked with the caveat that some of them are interchangeable to an extent. But right. um, so I'll start. Like I I love the Marvel movies and stuff. Um, but the the first one that I really was like, oh my gosh, that felt like a a cinematic experience that I just hadn't had before was Captain America: Winter Soldier. Uh, I expected that if I rewatched that anytime, you know, recently, I would probably not feel as strongly because there's been so much Marvel stuff. It's, it's too much at this point. Uh, I rewatched it like last year. I still think it's, it's just the best that they've done. I, I don't know. That's, that's one of those movies that like in terms of action, just in terms of performances, in terms of like character development for a character that can be pretty bland, Captain America, it, (laughs) it just does the best so far. Yeah. I think it took a lot of people off guard when it came out. No doubt. Was that like kind of before their their era where they started putting jokes all the time? It oh, was yeah. like because Cap came out and then that same year, I think later that summer, Guardians came out. And mm-hmm. I think there was a big switch because of Guardians' success where they started implementing a little more. Ant-Man came out the next year. And then basically by like 2017, 2018, every movie was most like had a, at least one of the genres that could be put in on Netflix would be comedy. Yeah. It's, it's quip city these days where every single character has just doing quips left and right. And you're like, I don't know, not everybody needs to say quips or be the serious lady character. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's the two, but that's one of those, I think that's also the first one that the Russo brothers did in the mm-hmm. Marvel cinematic universe. And it was, you know, it just was, it was really interesting. And and I don't, I don't know that anybody has topped it to me. It just is a, as far as a full, film in in that whole whole thing the whole superhero genre of of marvel yeah definitely yeah 
I will I'll jump to a very, very different movie. So I'm not I did not grow up watching a lot of eighties movies. I don't know if you guys did. No, not really. No, yeah. but I know I mean I, I I'm looking at your list. I just watched this movie yes. l- 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 last week, I think, in, in preparation for this episode. It, so the the film is Say Anything. Uh John Cusack, young John Cusack, and it is a it is a teen romance film of a, in a time period where there was like a billion teen romance films, but it is a very different story in it and it's one that really is about a character who has their life very planned out and a character who has their life planned out in a in a very loose way and that's the way he likes it. And and the just clashing of two two basically opinionated people who both have direction but not the same direction in their lives and the in the fact that you know those two things kind of can't can't always like be just like talked around um and and I mean I'm like there's a lot more to it but there's I don't know it's just one of those movies that I watched like I think I was probably a freshman in college the first time I watched it and I'm like oh my gosh I just love this and every time I rewatch it I'm just it's just kind of blows me away I don't know what'd you think uh I so I, I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, yeah. I gave it five stars at the end of it. I had had a really good reaction. Yeah, um, there were some moments that really surprised me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that stands out was the the like the first conversation that he has with the dad. Yeah, uh, over the phone, and he ends that conversation with the question. He's like, "Isn't she great?" Uh, yeah. and, and then the dad can't do anything but just kind of like agree and then laugh about it afterwards. Uh, it's just a, a, not a moment that I expected in like a teen romance yeah. movie from the 80s. There's also a way that the, it's Lloyd Dobbs, if I remember correctly the name, but, but he like the way he talks to people, like he is somebody who's very sure of himself, but he never comes across as cocky. Dobbler. Dobbler. Thank you. I was like, I know I'm wrong. I couldn't figure out what it was. But um, but like he's he's just he very much is like sure of himself and knows knows who he is. and And so that's what she kind of gets attracted to and and he kind of is attracted to her in the same thing but again it's the difference of of these two people is is kind of what she's, the movie's really about she's like not a party goer no and he is. is so like he knows how to navigate a party yeah and, and so the party scene for is also really fun because he just kind of lets her have all these conversations yeah. with a bunch of people and he just kind of admires her from across the the space mm-hmm. and then eventually walks over and it's just like What's up? Yeah, and the 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 that is uh, is some experienced party going there. Yeah, it is almost like the the antithesis of the whole like um, manic pixie dream girl thing, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, girl shows up and shakes up this guy's life, and he goes. <laughs> it really is like he is more of this character who comes in and doesn't like show her the error of her ways. He just says like, hey, you've been missing out on this one part, but in the same way, she sort of gives him drive that maybe it was always there but he didn't really anyways it's it is such a good movie and it was one of the few like 80s films i watched that i was like okay i really think this is a film and not just like a you saw this movie when you were a kid and we're like that's pretty cool yeah i yeah. love the i mean the cusack on the lawn yeah <laughs> sam have you seen this movie i have not oh, i've dude. never even heard of this oh say it's wonderful anything. say anything yeah i'll check it out yeah cool. and it also has one of the truly like great rom-com lines is I gave her my heart and she gave me a pin. <laughs> she literally gives him a pin and says, write to me. And he's just like, ah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just a great, a great moment. And I, I don't know. It's one of those that has never, like, it's never left my mind. It's pretty great. But anyways. Nice. Um, wonderful, wonderful movie. 
we will move on to another movie. We talked about Sam Rockwell on on uh, on David's episode, and Sam Rockwell is like one of those people when he's in something, I'm immediately just like 99% more interested in it. And the movie Matchstick Men, which is, I truly believe, one of the great, 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 great performances uh, by Nicolas Cage. Uh, it is basically two con men, and it is one of them is sort of the younger con man. Um, and then the the older con man who's got a lot more experience and is sort of the one who typically runs the show uh, finds out that he may in fact have a daughter through um, through an old relationship that's sort of separated because he it was himself and so it's he starts trying to form a relationship with this young daughter that he that is interested in in his lifestyle and learning about him. Meanwhile, Sam Rockwell, the the partner that's like, okay, dude, you've set up these things and we don't I don't want them to blow up on us and so I need you to be head in the game. And there's so much more to it than that, but it is one of those movies that, like, I don't know. It's it's it is a drama that, and it's a drama and thriller, but it's also like incredibly funny and incredibly like heartwarming. But then also like I don't know. There's something about it that just feels very like weirdly grounded, like way more than it needs to be. Considering that it's got a screaming Nick Cage in a couple of scenes, it's I don't know. There's is something. It, it's about Ridley it. Scott. Is it Ridley Scott? Um, oh, I can't remember actually. I, I, because that would explain so much of it. Is Ridley it is. Scott? Okay, because I, oh, yeah. he just had two movies come out last year, House mm-hmm. Gucci and Last Duel. So, in listening to conversations about the movie, Match Sigman came up in the conversation, and I, I think I've I've known the title of the movie, mm-hmm. but I, I've never known anything about. It. I didn't even know it was about two con men. So, I'm interested to check that out now. Yeah, it's and it is one of those two where it's like the con is not really. It is. It is very much like a. I'm not very good at a lot of things, but this is a thing I'm good at. So it isn't like ever like getting into like the the whole like. There's there is some fun kind of elements of like Ocean's Eleven C style. Like, hey, we've set up a plan, and here's how it goes, and here's how you can pivot in the moment. But it and so it it goes into the the grift of it all a little bit. But like the thing that is way more fun about it is like seeing characters who are not like they have no romanticism for this thing they do. They just literally are like. People have money, and somebody's going to take it one way or another. And I'm I'm going to try to get a little bit of it. Mm. It's it's pretty great. And it's the whole like idea of like you never overreach is also like a really important element throughout the whole movie. Yeah, is like knowing your limitations. It's it's pretty interesting, man. I, I think it's great. Awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, I like your I like your next pick. Let's go ahead and Ooh. sling on over to that one. So, um, this is one of those movies that was getting talked up. I'll just say, I'll say the name. I'm not going to tease it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Parasite uh, is Bong Joon Ho. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, truly, one of those like I don't think there is a lackluster performance in the entire movie. Every single character, every every actor uh, is amazing. And plays it perfectly. The story has so much to say about so many things mm-hmm. that I'm just, I, I don't know, it kind of floored me. And it was one of those that people were talking up a lot, but it also felt like in the way that they talked up the artist, right? Where it was like, oh, this is an Oscar contender, so you have to care about it. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so yeah, I, but it is such a good movie. Yeah. Like there's It also, the, it, it toes the, like you said, it has a lot to say about a lot of things, but it's not, it's not one of those movies that's like, oh, it has a lot to say. So, like, sit here and listen to mm. this. Basically, learn a life lesson, but not really enjoy the movie. Like, it's an, a very entertaining, oh. thrilling movie. And then also, as it ends, you're like, oh, wow, that yeah. really said a lot. There's a lot that, that, like, tugs at your heartstrings. But there, there are two really fun moments that always mm. stand out to me. 
the first one no is the, the the montage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, montage. It, the it's like sixty shots in such a short period of time, and it tells. Uh, it manages to tell a story on a bunch of different levels, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is payoff from stuff that's been set up leading up to all this, and mm-hmm. it's just so satisfying. So, and then the other okay. really fun moment is the the the, the, the reveal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I my thing with Parasite is interesting. So, I it was getting all this buzz. It was getting talked about. For me, it was a um, victim of overhype when I first saw it because. It, I mean, it's a Korean film, uh, not super main. Like it's it's mainstream for an international film. Sure, but um, living in Mississippi, it didn't come to any theaters until after it won the Best Picture Oscar. <laughs> yeah. So I was like dying to see this movie. Everyone was talking about. We thought it was going to be good. It was even better than that. Wait till you see the end. So like, genuinely going into it, I was like, there could be aliens that show up in the third <laughs> act. People were talking about this mind blowing twist. Like, it's the best movie in years, maybe one of the best movies of all time. And I was like, what is in this movie that's so crazy? I rented it on iTunes and watched it, and I enjoyed it. But, I mean, I don't think it could have ever lived up to the hype Mm -hmm. that was being built. Um, I saw it again after it won the Oscar and came to theaters. I was so excited that it won, even as someone who, like, at the time didn't love it. Just because, like, it was nice to see a movie win an Oscar that actually deserved Best Picture. (laughs) Um, But... Man, it's there's a certain moment where like you've been following the journey of the of the movie, and then there's a moment where everything kind of stops, and it's it's the moment where like the story s- switches, mm-hmm. and everything in the there's so much tension and just like what's going on because like you've been following the family trying to do what they're trying to do, um, nothing. Like it's a it's a very clever movie in in the first I don't know two thirds or whatever it is, um, but it's nothing like mind blowing. And then whenever the movie, it's just it's an uneasy feeling when they're all hanging out in the living room and it's like something feels off. Yeah. And then the doorbell rings and it's like what is going on? And then from that point on, it's just it's such a genius. Yeah, it's crazy. It is it is a movie made out of tone. Um. And, and subversion of that tone, some moments that like like I'll, I'm not to give anything away at all, but but there's a moment where the father and son are talking after the family's just been through something harrowing. Mm-hmm. If you remember the flood, mm-hmm. and yeah, and there's this moment that just feels like eerie and just full of like dread that doesn't it didn't really have to be there yet, but it tells you like something bigger is going on here that these people don't quite catch on to yet. And I just yep. love... It's such a, a subconscious yes. shift for that character. Oh, yeah. Uh, because because what he goes on to do uh, is, is, I think, just... It's logical mm. for the man who said the things that he said to oh, us yeah. on that night. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it's... it's Yeah. And you and I think, Sammy, you, you put it really well. Like, it is a movie that has a lot to say without being just a message movie. Like it wants mm-hmm. to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And like, and I just appreciate John Carpenter is one who basically said like, I have things I want to say in my movie, but I hope you don't watch my movie and hear them. Like right. it's that idea of like, of I really, I want it to be an entertaining film and tell an interesting story. And I think it does such a good job of that while also really clearly like talking about 
you know, social systems that we have in place and, and how like they're kind of built to never mm. allow anyone to, to push their way up really. Yeah. And of course the wealthy people don't really see that because yeah. they don't have to. She's not rich because she's nice. She's nice because she's rich. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, man. Okay. That, oh, watch the movie. Watch Parasite, y'all. Like, hey, and, <laughs> hey, and Robert Pattinson is in Bong Joon-ho's next movie and I it's know, a sci-fi movie. Ooh. Come on now. Yeah. I'm, I'm so going to be excited about that. Yeah. I, I mean, just truly can't say enough good things about that. Um, so really heavy, tense, tense movie. <laughs> social commentary. Going on into another social commentary. <laughs> uh, airplane. If, I mean, okay. So, so I'm. I just watched this uh, a yeah. couple weeks ago. So I know nothing another about one this movie. in preparation really, for like I've heard of it, but I don't know what it's about. Uh, it's a, it, it's an Air Force pilot uh, who buys a ticket onto a plane mm-hmm. and it's like a big deal for him to buy a ticket on a plane because he's got PTSD from the war. He was in, in Vietnam. Uh, but he bought the, he has a drinking problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's got uh he's the reason that he wants to get on this plane is because the the girl uh that he's been dating just broke up with him and she's a stewardess on the flight. And so he gets on the flight as like a last ditch effort to convince her to stay with him. And hilarity ensues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of physical comedy so as well as- a question. Uh, Did you know that already was a movie? What do you mean? Literally the plot of that movie was another film first. And they literally took the plot exactly as it was like in, and just recreated it as a satirical film. A parody, and it is literally like storyline beat for beat is the same movie, but they just changed everything about it in terms of it's all comedy now and it's all jokes. They literally took the bones of another movie entirely from the same time period. It wasn't like 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 yeah, yeah very contemporary. I had no idea. <laughs> what crazy. do you know what that movie was called? I can't remember. It, I, it was something very basic. It is it is a very like typical Airplane. thriller. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's something like ground control or something like lame. It's it, but literally they just were like, "This is a, a script that is stupid. What if we made it even like dumber?" <laughs> <laughs> and and I I'm just a sucker for that type of movie. I like I grew up watching Mel Brooks stuff. Yeah. You'll probably see a Mel Brooks movie on here, um, and like Top Secret and like all that stuff. And I and I really really love that art form when it's done well. Is because yeah. I just like a, a good the I think the best example of it in in recent film because there's not really very many good ones. Scary movie did it all to death mm-hmm. and just shot everything else in the foot. So you can't make one of those without being like, oh, I don't like scary movie. I'm like, that's not what they're supposed to be. Um, but Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> that is such a fun watch. That, yes. that just came out, right? Yes, I've and heard about that. I've heard it's really funny. Oh my gosh, I love it! And it, it's it's that right level. Like you have to be in the mood for a silly movie. That's what mm-hmm. Airplane is. It's it is, Jamie Dornan. Oh, he's so good. I mean, he's so funny <laughs> in it. Um, but but like the whole idea of a really good parody film is is that it is supposed to be everyone takes it so seriously within the film, but every like silly thing that happens to them is made much funnier because everyone is constantly acting like nothing, nothing has changed. Airplane has this great repeat joke where one of the the guys who comes, he's the grizzled veteran who comes in to help like land the plane. And he just, the first time he's like, I picked a bad day to quit smoking. <laughs> and then like a few scenes later, I picked a bad day to quit drinking. <laughs> I t- picked a bad day to stop doing black tar heroin. And it's like, and it literally is like jokes like that that just keep laddering on top picked of each a other. a bad day to quit amphetamines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just really love 
like that style of comedy where yeah. it's like we know what we're doing. There's a one of my all time favorite jokes of any film is they have a, the red zone is for unloading and loading only the red zone and it's just like the overhead thing at the airport the next time it cuts to an and it says the green zone is for loading and unloading they're like no the red zone is for unloading. and he's like listen karen you've been weird all day <laughs> and it's two people on the airport thing it's so good man there's so many good jokes like that and it's like it truly is like one of those you can watch 50 times and you there's so many jokes you will not remember them all so you're just always discovering new stuff it's it's fantastic man yeah, but i yeah, want to watch that do it do it i i it's just <laughs> one of those types of movies that like we don't make enough of anymore <laughs> and i want to see many many more of them yeah that was a so my dad loves this movie mm. and I, I i'm surprised that it's taken me this long to finally actually watch it mm -hmm. but a lot more of his jokes and humor now makes a lot uh, a lot of sense to me yeah <laughs> it's uh it all falls into place uh i you kind of mentioned the it, it is funny the 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 i have a drinking problem yeah and then he tries to take a drink his glass hits keeps, his forehead he just keeps splashing himself in the face is what the drinking i didn't laugh at an actual drinking problem to be clear if you have not seen the movie it is literally he's just like yeah, i developed a drinking problem and he every time he goes to drink, drink he just throws it on himself and he's like ah. it's it's great man uh anyways yeah that's airplane you have to watch it like it's it truly is like if you like comedy films just for the fact of like, it is literally like one of the highest of that form. Mm. It's just, it's fantastic. Um, it is, it is a like lampoon of all the style, styles of like thriller where it's like, oh, like down on his luck, man has to like summon the courage to save everybody. And it's so good, man. It's so good at what it does. Um, again, very different movie <laughs> sandwiched between. <laughs> Parasite and then Airplane and then 1917, which is also a very serious movie. We just watched, uh, I mean, we just talked about this um, on David's, yeah, David's episode. Yeah, so I'm we'll just touch the, on it lightly here. But if, if yeah. for listeners, if you haven't listened to uh, David's episode, we did talk a little bit more about it in depth there. But let's go ahead and what are your, some yeah, of your... Yeah, so I'll, I'll say a thing. I didn't, I didn't bring this up during David. So one of the things that to me... Makes it so. I mean, it's a beautiful looking film. Obviously, we talk a lot about that with David's. Yeah. Um, but but to me, one of the things that makes it so great is it is a story about about two people essentially fighting for each other and just fighting for decency at a time of war is really interesting to me. It's like them trying to do what's right and and just be of service to each other is really what it's a movie about. It's it's you know the duty is not to i've got to finish this mission because i'm a soldier it doesn't it doesn't do that it spends time to go these are two people who care about each other and care about what they're doing um to serve somebody else and help them and yeah, there's a heart to it yeah and I, and I i just don't think there i mean honestly so like dunkirk right is one that i'm like i it's a very similar there's no heart in that. It's much yes. colder. It's about yeah. the experience for sure. Yeah, and, and and it's not like it's not a beautiful film, but it it to me though, 1917 was one of those when I watched it, I was like, this is what I wished Dunkirk was. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and and I know it's not fair. They're both great movies in their own ways, but but it is like, this is a film that manages to be like action packed and it's a, it is a thrill ride, but it also is like so devastating and and it, there's so much heart to it and it, i don't know it's 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 wonderful and 1917 is one that weirdly it got so much attention from like film fans <clears throat> but i wouldn't say it's one that um i saw enough people talking about outside 
of just like people who love film. Mm. And I'm like, ah, I wish I wish other people would watch this because it is like, I mean, we talked about with Parasite. It is an entertaining film still. Like it's it does a lot, um, but it's still like it's a is a just enthralling movie to watch. It's not you're not gonna get bored because it's art, too artsy. You yeah, know? definitely. I don't know. It's a well-made movie that is also entertaining, which is always nice yes. to see. I, and you'll you'll notice that a lot on my list is like, there are very few films. There's a lot of stuff that comes out that I'm like, is it, it, it is cool. It is very artfully done. But I just, if I can't find the humanity in it, I have a really hard time like latching onto it. Yep. Um, uh, man, I keep jumping to like the most insane <laughs> like shifts of, of tone. tone. Hey, hey, Micah. <laughs> yeah. If I could, I would just eat garlic bread for every meal. Yeah. <laughs> You'd get fat. Why would I get fat? This bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat? <laughs> I love that that just occurred. Okay, so... This is Scott you know, Pilgrim joke, right? This, this is Scott Pilgrim versus the world joke. Um, okay, I, I love video games and I love comics. And, I you know, I grew up reading some manga and watching some anime and stuff. And, and like... And I love Edgar Wright films, and I love Michael Cera when he really tries and stuff. Um, I also I really love uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm. Uh, holy crud! Like this movie is like all the things I like, and rolled into one. But it's it's so creative and so interesting. And there's again, it's it's one of those movies where it's like visually there's mm. always something new happening, but it doesn't it doesn't get overwhelming. It feels like it all belongs in this world together. And I don't, it's hard to do that. It's really hard to do that. And so, yeah. Especially when you're playing with the video game elements. Oh, yeah. Cause like the, I felt, I felt like, uh, th- it, it could have been done poorly. Yes. And audiences would have been turned off. But with the way that the story is put together, even in the, uh, the graphic novels, mm-hmm. it, imagining it as a video game is just, it's, really really easy to do yeah and so uh i I love that they used uh iconic video game images and sounds because it's like nostalgic uh immediately for everybody no doubt it's also one of those like where it really plays with some of like the the comedy is often in like in in the offbeat moments mm-hmm. yeah. more than like a, i told i told a joke and here's a good mm-hmm. joke like like literal deliveries of like Scott reading the basically the intent of the first of the evil exes to murder him, and he's just reading this, <laughs> this email, email and he's going, "This is, this is, so boring." <laughs> and it's literally Delete. supposed to be this big. Moment, yeah, it's supposed to be this big moment where it's like we're telling you what's about to happen in your life, but he's just like, eh. and and there's like a lot that they they build the comedy around the characters too, which is like like the bread makes you fat. Just Ramona's delivery of like, no, it's because she kind of has this like detached nature about her, about everything, because you find out of what she's gone through over the course of her life. It also is a movie, uh, this keeps coming up, but like it is a movie with a lot of of themes of essentially like self-discovery and and kindness and, and learning basically the consequences of your own action on other people's lives. But it's done in like a really, really fun, approachable comedy, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's that's hard to do, while also being like stylistically really beautiful and and like fun. And the music is amazing. Yeah, uh, it's also a really fun one because it opens with Scott Pilgrim was dating a high school. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big comedy guy. It's really hard for a movie to make me laugh. But I think 
I think this may be the funniest movie I've ever seen. Oh, it's and term yeah. and I've only seen it once, but like I don't remember the specifics. Isn't there something about the dairy police and then they the dairy police the actually vegan break police. through the wall? It's the vegan police, vegan, vegan police. and eggs. And they, they break through the wall and they actually arrest the character. And be arrested for crimes like, against veganity. This is so funny. Uh, I also think like talking about the visual style and like always never being bored, but also having like very specific ties to other things. Like it's almost like a live action Spider-Verse in a yes. sense. Yeah. Where it's like, the it's just like the screen is so alive all the time, but it's also very illustrative and... Uh, I don't know, artful. So, yeah, it, yeah it's, I don't think the, anybody can enjoy that. Uh, for me, like, it, it gets me right at the beginning because mm. the, it, it opens with this rock band and then it goes to one of the coolest, like, title sequences I've mm -hmm. ever seen. Oh my gosh. Like, the literally title scene moving with the beat, like, waves are hitting it. It's, there's so much cool stuff. Like, oh my gosh, it's all very hand drawn. Uh, it's, it's so cool, man. And, and there's like little characters in the background that, end up being some of my favorites, like Young Neil. It's just the dude who hangs out with the band a lot of times, and he's just called Young Neil. What do you play? Oh, that's a loaded question. And he's like, Zelda. Zelda. <laughs> Tetris. <laughs> and then and then the the great payoff of like, henceforth you will no longer be called Young Neil. You're just Neil. <laughs> it's there's so much good stuff, man. Like it's it's if you yeah, if you, you gotta watch it. It's it's yeah. It's one of those where I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to oversell it, but it is, it is, if you like Edgar Wright stuff at all. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's my, I think it's my favorite of his. Yeah. Oh, so oh it's yeah. definitely my favorite of his. So I used to uh, watch this. I'll give a little shout out to yeah. my old friend, Amanda McDonald. Uh, she would often come over to my house uh, when I lived in South Jackson and we would make uh, what we called virgin screwdrivers, which was <laughs> orange juice and ginger ale. Uh, <laughs> Grilled cheese, and then she would do her laundry. We would watch Scott Pilgrim versus the World. The life, man. On repeat. Yeah. yeah it was a great time of my life. That's awesome. Another yeah. uh, crazy tonal shift. <laughs> I do, yeah. This <laughs> is, just, it's just going to be a theme. Every other movie. For anyone who knows me, this like if you hear this list, you're basically just like, yeah, that checks out. All of it checks out. So a few there's a few uh, music movies that are on this list, Scott Pilgrim versus the World being one. Um, this next one is a music movie. That is way more about the futility of being an artist in a in a industry that is hmm. driven by um, by the need to be to be sold. Which is, I mean, that's that's every artistic form can exist for patronage of other people, and that sounds like super highfalutin, but it is also super approachable and good movie. It is called Inside Lewin Davis. If you've ever watched Coen Brothers hmm. stuff you know a little bit what they're coming at you with. There's definitely some comedy like layered in, um, but it's also like this weird tinge of sadness even to the yeah. comedy. Oh my gosh. So this movie is one of those that like, I've, I, I, I cry in movies and I do not care to say like, you know, it's, I mean, it just, it is not hard to make me cry in a movie. This is one that like, I cried and just like, and it just held me like mm -hmm. in, in a, in a moment for the entire movie. And it is, it's a movie about a musician who's in New York during the time uh, in Greenwich Village where, you know, like you, you basically have Bob Dylan just getting started up, right? And so it's, it's sort of painting like this is a time period where if you were going to make it in kind of like singer-songwriter folk music, you were going to make it now. And he's in the right place. And it is, it is the guy who is in the right place at the right time and still doesn't make it is essentially mm -hmm. what this movie is. And like, you know that going in, it tells you that's what this is. 
and yet you still are holding on to hope that somehow he's just going to get discovered and his life is going to be perfect. And it's like, it's yeah. trying to tell you that's not the movie this is the entire time. And the reason why he doesn't make it is devastating. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's crazy. Uh, I just saw this movie today, mm -hmm. so I'm still processing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But at one point, like, I realized, it was like, that is an actual character who's missing from this story. Mm -hmm. It's like this is a story about you know this this musician, but you're really only seeing uh, like the ripples. Yeah, you you don't see the the stone that's splashed into the water. Yeah, uh, and like just the ripples is enough to to know like. Man, that was a big stone. Yeah. And this movie literally plays with that exact thing with a, a kind of reflection at the very end that mm -hmm. is like, oh, wow, we've essentially been in a loop. And uh, the the thing, yeah, I mean, I don't want to give anything away at all. It's, it is such a beautiful movie. that The music is amazing. Um, it's, it's a five-star film for oh, me. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I mean, it, honestly, it, if, if the, I didn't have so many different movies that I just love, this would probably be in my top five. Um, but it's just there's too many things I love. But um, but this is one of those two where okay, so like the if you've ever listened to like uh, Punch Brothers or Nickel Creek, uh, Chris Thiele wrote some music for it and mm -hmm. performed on some of it. Uh, it's got Marcus Mumford doing probably better Fairly work well. than he does in Mumford Sons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, and then Oscar Isaac, who was not really a singer before this, started singing more. Uh, to, because basically he actually Coen, released mm -hmm. those songs. Yeah, the Cohen brothers basically said, "We need you to sing it. So take lessons, do whatever you got to do. I need you to be able to play guitar better, and I need you to be able to sing." And and he just he just did it, and his voice is awesome. And you you do go, "This is a guy who could do well. Like this is a this is a, a character who it's I a could very see believable yeah. story. Man, it's it is great. And then yeah, I mean, I'm a musician, and you see it all the time. Like I mean, in the in the short time I've been alive, I've seen bands that the, that were next to the band that was successful mm -hmm. and musicians that are like some of the most talented dudes you know <clears throat> who just did not catch their break. And it's it's just like, it just happens and it's the reality of of, of it is it's luck and, and it's not always about talent. And this is a movie that lets you go, hey, like I'm going to appreciate the talents behind it and, and it kind of reminds you to look for those those people's like the the hidden gems that made that undiscovered out. yeah and I just love sorry uh, man I yeah it's it's a movie I could talk about literally all night because I just I love it so much. I love that one because it's it's like uh, a follow up Coen Brothers musical mm -hmm. and it's like the opposite of the first musical where it's where they're playing like a, on the Odyssey mm -hmm. this is like. The opposite of the Odyssey. Yeah, he, he's referring to Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Where, where, where Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Is a lot more like comedic farce. This is like, is I don't know what you. I mean, it is a, it is a Shakespearean tragedy yeah. in the in the form of a New York '60s musical. Uh, not musical, really. I mean, there's music throughout, obviously, but it, it is. I don't know. That's great. It's still kind of a comedy. Uh, yeah, there's I, definitely I, like a I said, lot I'm of still processing no, it. No, uh, there's, I don't want to. I don't want to give the impression that it's like all dour because it is not. Like it is. It, I mean, it's Coen Brothers. It's oh, absolutely yeah. worth yeah. staying sticking to the ending. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. And Justin uh, Timberlake is in it. And, it's <laughs> and great. Adam Driver. And Adam, Adam Driver. Driver for like two awesome. seconds. Yeah. Outer space. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he was doing <laughs> that, I was like, "What in the world is this kid?" There's a. 
There's just something strange to me about how the main character in No Country is named Llewellyn. Yeah. And then they made a movie about a guy named Llewellyn. Llewellyn. (laughs) What does the N stand for? It's just like, how many L's can you fit into a guy's name? Don't forget John Goodman. Yeah. And honestly, if you sit there and kind of unpack the name inside Llewellyn Davis is an interesting name for this movie because you wouldn't, you really don't, it doesn't have to be called that at all, but it, I mean, it really is a, it is sort of watching a character who does not speak about himself very often. He is, he is very much like kind of on the margins of everybody's relationships to him. Mm-hmm. And so you really are seeing his reactions to people more than you are hearing what he thinks about anything. And it's, it, it's pretty great. I don't know. I, I think it's kind of a brilliant film and you should watch it because it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Another one I need to rewatch. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna book it through some of these because uh, that was that was number thirteen. And yeah. Had, yeah. <laughs> so um, this is a movie everybody was talking about a lot. Uh, Adam Driver. Yeah, no, uh, Adam Driver. So Marriage Story is I I cannot recommend it enough. You got to be in a place where you can mentally handle how rough this is. I did not know what it was going into it, but it is. I mean, it's Marriage Story. It's it is about a marriage, and I don't want to give too much away at all. It's not like a a twist movie at all, but it's yeah. but it is when I feel like the less you know about it the more it's going to just hold you because mm-hmm. it, feel, it feels like just stepping into somebody's life for for a, yeah, yeah. like a year. It is an intimate portrait, yeah. Oh, and it's, and it's I think, Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Noah Baumbach, yeah. Um, he wrote and, and directed it. Yeah, and it is it is essentially somewhat autobiographical to an extent, and it, and it paints but, both sides of this relationship as particularly, you know, these are, these are two people who are not handling every situation exactly right because, of course, you don't because mm-hmm. we're humans. And and it is a movie about that and still finding what we love about each other anyway. Um, I don't know. It's awesome. It's I don't know. I don't know why. I haven't been able to pinpoint it because technically you could take the scene out of the movie and the movie would be no different unless there's just something I'm not seeing. But the scene where he cuts his arm mm-hmm. and then she leaves and there's that whole thing of him trying to like wrap up his arm and then he basically passes out on the floor. And the milk drips. Yeah, I just love that. I've watched. I've like. I've, I think I've seen the movie twice. It's one of my favorites too. I, I need to rewatch it soon. So good, man. Um, but like, I've watched that scene multiple times. Just the whole sequence from when the lady shows up to have dinner with them to when he passes out on the floor. There's just something about like I don't even know. I can't put it into words, but <clears throat> I don't know. There's just such a. There's a certain tone. There's a certain. The performances are so incredible. Yeah. It's great. Man, yeah. Um, I will jump to the next one. So this is a, a very different movie, but uh, L.A. Confidential is one that, it was one of those, that, like, so I used to read comics in the 90s when I was a kid, and, and I mean, I still love comics, but, like, when in the, in the when you were a kid in the 90s reading comics, they would advertise movies that had no connection to you as a child in the 90s at all. And I remember always seeing the cover for the, you know, it was really a poster advertisement on the back of a lot of comics I had for LA Confidential. And I was like, gotta watch that when I'm older. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like thinking that when I was a kid and I literally only watched it probably two years ago. Um, and oh my gosh, it's so good. Uh, like um, I, Guy Pierce and uh, Russell Crowe. And it, I mean, it's a stacked, stacked, stacked uh roster of people that you're just going to watch and go it's not a bad performance the whole thing and it is it is one of those movies with a lot of a lot of twists and turns like a, a good mystery should be but it is also like a movie about essentially power and people's struggle for it and it's it's so dang good so watch la confidential because it's 
it's wonderful and it's one of those I don't see people talk about nearly as much. Yeah. That was on my watch list. Oh, yeah, it's I awesome. I haven't seen it. I love it. Uh, yeah, we can't have much conversation about it since <laughs> nobody's seen it but me. But I honestly, I, I love that movie. And I don't know, it's it's sometimes there's the stuff that you like wanted to watch when you were a kid and you go grow up and watch it that you go, yeah, I mean, okay. That was one of those that I was like, dude, you could have put this out right now and it mm-hmm. would be just as impactful of a movie. It's really good. That was nice. Yeah. So one mystery to another mystery, Knives Out. Mm, one of my um, favorites. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, talk about a character that, like, as soon as you introduce him, you're like, how compelling is, like, Benoit LeBlanc yeah. as this background character for the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie or something that they literally intentionally background him until he just, just like, bursts in, just bursts in. And it, and he, he never stops just commanding the screen without being like, a, I'm a big character and... Oh, look at me. Yeah. It, it is. Well, they get away with letting another character say that. Because oh, yeah. Tony Collette's like, you're famous. Dude, yeah. I love when she, like, you can barely hear it. But when they chase her out of the house after the will reading, yeah. you can hear her say something about, like, uh, message me on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Like, you barely <laughs> hear it. And then, uh, uh, what I forget his name, Trooper Wagner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at one point. When they're bringing up, like, could she possibly do it, or did she? Is she stealing money from uh, Christopher Plummer? Uh, he's like, no. Have you seen her Insta? She's an <laughs> influencer. Like, she she couldn't be her. It's yeah, I love. Yeah, her there's there's so much cool specificity to all of the characters, like Trooper Wagner, this guy who just is a literally super like, fan, the background character that just says a, a line of like exposition, really. But they give him so much personality that you're like, nope, that's a great character. Yeah, it's it's really fantastic, and I'm glad glad they're making another one of those. Yeah, and in another one where it's like, man, not a bad performance. Just oh yeah, so Trooper Wagner, I like this guy. The mm-hmm. actor has Noah, actually worked with uh, Noah Segan. Segan. Yeah, he he worked with Ryan Johnson's uh, uh, on Ryan Johnson's first movie, mm-hmm. Brick. Brick, which is amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. I love the. Op- I knew from the opening shot, literally of Knives Out. I was like, it. My mouth was on the floor. Oh, my yeah. mouth. My jaw was on the floor because <laughs> the, sc- the you, you hear the the score. The score is incredible. Oh, it's so. You good. hear the score, and then you just get the shot of the house. It's so atmospheric with like the fog and the leaves falling and stuff, and then the dogs running past the camera in slow motion. It's incredible. Yeah, and and honestly, like the what what better set up for a mystery film ever than literally telling you exactly what happened, but there's still a mystery. Yeah. Like literally telling you like, who, who done it and then playing with that concept is, oh my gosh, brilliant. Yeah. Perfect fall time movie. Oh well. man. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's one of those. Literally every time I watch it, I want that sweater that yeah. <laughs> Christopher. Great sweater. Chris, Chris Evans. Evans. Christopher, Christopher Evans. Evans. <laughs> you know, Christopher, Christopher Evans. Evans. <laughs> Susan said, I was like, that sounds wrong. <laughs> yeah. Dude. This next one, this is the one that I said. I'm I'm so glad mm. that this is on your list because okay. nobody talks about this movie. Logan yes. Lucky? Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky. Another Adam Driver. Have you not seen it? Uh, I have not. I think okay. it, 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 it's, this one's already on my watch list. I, I regularly still say to my wife, did you just say cauliflower to me? <laughs> did you just say cauliflower? Last it's, time you said cauliflower to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so, yeah, it is, it is another, like, fantastic wow. ensemble, like, mystery Thriller. Yeah, Channing Tatum, Adam Channing Driver, Tatum. Daniel Craig, uh, Katie Holmes, yeah. Seth MacFarlane. One of Adam Sebastian Driver's best Stan. performances. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so—I wish he would do more comedy. Me too. He's so, he's good at so it, funny. 
He's his, so all good. his SNL sketches are the best SNL of the last few years. I st- I still literally like I <laughs> there's so many things I quote from the episode he did of SNL that it just literally like that was a really uncomfortable conversation we just had. <laughs> <laughs> but um there's just like he just he's one of those people that like he is just electric on screen yeah. and this movie uses him so well and honestly Channing Tatum is not somebody I generally like in movies that often He's, he does a lot he just does too much typically like he'll be good for a bit the Jump Street movies are a perfect example of where he doesn't always know how to when to turn it off and mm-hmm. this is a movie that is like no, it's it's just great. It, it is a um oh who directed it? Oh my gosh, Steven Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh, and like you wouldn't go, yeah, I bet Steven Soderbergh is going to do like a, a thriller comedy <laughs> set in the South about them robbing Charlotte Motor Speedway. But it it is such a good movie, and it and it's one of those that like it uses like the whole like country roads take me home thing that is like very much a cliche, but it uses it so well that you're like, oh, it's not a cliche anymore. You just like literally snatched that back from being the southern cliche thing it's yeah. it's pretty amazing it is a beautiful movie yes, she's like it is. steven spielberg steven spielberg steven <laughs> soderbergh does his own cinematography and i'm pretty sure he edits his movies too mm. and you don't expect a movie like this to have amazing cinematography but no. it is gorgeous he, he gets some incredible shots in this thing i i wish more people knew about this it's, oh, it's not like one of my favorites or anything but it is it flew under everybody's radar i don't it's know so what funny. it is about it to me I mean, well, honestly, it's it's because it is it is a heist thriller comedy that like doesn't misuse a single scene or waste any time. Every single thing is going to be beautiful to look at. It's going to be really interesting, and like and using people like Hillary Swank in a really crazy way that you go, what a weird way to use Hillary. She Swank. really just shows up in the last like. Yeah, she's, she's she's like an FBI agent, and she just has this weird like I'm doing this delivery, but like yeah. it doesn't feel like caricature. It's it really feels like what a strange woman who just <laughs> walked in, yeah. and like and it could have just been like well, yeah, we got Hillary Swank to be in it, but no, it's like a character choice she does, and it feels it feels good. Anyways, it's it's awesome. Watch Logan Lucky. It's I mean it's it is a great movie start to finish. Yeah, another one of those that like grabs you from the beginning and then ends in such a cool way. But yeah. So, another music movie that I think you guys have both seen, right? Yes. So, Whiplash. I think it's shown up on the top twenty before as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I don't not to not to over talk about. This is another <laughs> one that kind of got hyped to death for some people, and understand. Uh, but at the same time, I think it is deserving because there's just too many good performances. Yeah. And it, it really is like a it's a two hander film. It is it is very much Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. Both just literally doing the best work they'll ever do, mm-hmm. and and it is a movie about obsession um, that is told so well, and and it really is like just watching two people that it, one one that goes I'm talented and I know it and I worked hard, and another one that says you're talented and you know it so you have to work harder, yeah. and it and it's it it really is like you can you can see the villain. As, as a character who really does believe himself to be the hero in a better way than, like, a lot of people typically do that in movies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I just, yeah, I can't. And also, like, it just made me even more, like, appreciate just the the musicality of jazz. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but, like, I spent so much time listening to jazz after that just because I was like, I just want to listen to it closely. I don't know. I always love jazz, but that that movie just, 
reminded me a lot. I, I don't know that anybody is doing endings better right now than Damien Chazelle. Oh my gosh. All, no. all three of his movies, which I think I recently talked about this on Letterboxd because I rewatched it. I think First Man is insanely underrated. Mm. Um, but Whiplash, La La Land, First Man, I think all have perfect endings. Mm. And it's all just personal moments between two characters. But so, so good. Yeah. The whiplash ending makes you just want to stand up and cheer at the yeah. end. But it, it also is like one of those that's devastating because you can sort of see it. You can see it not going yeah, well. Where it might go, yeah. yeah. Like, you're like, oh, no, because you've just sort of opened up. Yeah. Anyways. What's it's, he falling into? Oof, yeah. yeah. It's it's good, man. Uh, Michael, anything else to add to the whiplash? Negative. Okay. I mean, okay. I love J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, <laughs> I love – I recently started playing Portal 2. Yeah. Oh, or not started. I mean, I'd replaying. Does he <laughs> yeah. voice a character? Uh, he is he does. Cave Johnson. Yeah, he okay. plays Cave Johnson. I was about to say, I don't remember Miles Teller playing Portal 2 in that movie <laughs> at any point. Um, I said J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Oh, did you? Who knows what happened? We can't, it's not like we can re- rewind <laughs> We'll never here. know. We'll never know. <laughs> I, I'm telling you what happened. Cause I know, I'm just kidding. I heard, I heard exactly what happened. Um, so, jumping to another music movie that... Um, the thing that was overhyped in it is it is a Star is Born, and I know this is a movie that has been remade, th- what, three, four times? Uh, and it is a very similar story every time. But the thing that is so successful about this one to me is watching two people so in need of some kind of deeper connection with somebody and that also still not being probably the healthiest for each other but still kind of spurring each other in different directions – um, Bradley Cooper is truly like, I think, I don't know. I just think that movie is amazing because of him and Lady Gaga is great. She's, she's great in it and her performance is great and she really, really does a great job. But it, without him just being like this destructive force that is also so charismatic that you're like, yeah, of course people would kind of let him keep doing what he's doing because he seems so charismatic, he must be okay. And you can watch it and go, yep, there, you know people like that, that are like, dude, you're a wreck in your life, but you just seem so together that people just let it go. Um, and it is watching somebody just sort of slowly tear their life apart while sort of dragging somebody down and up at the same time. I don't know. It's such a good movie. And yeah, watch A Star is Born and don't just listen to the song that Lady Gaga <laughs> sings, because that's the part that it was overdone. That, is that would one be shallow. Song. That's not even to me. That's not even the best song they do in it. It's weird. I don't know. It's weird. It's just one of those where I'm like, yeah, of course, because that's the one they like sing together. And it's I don't know. But there's some really good like you kind of get him as a, a Jack White kind of character, mm-hmm. but like somebody who's you know at the, at the end of rock music. Rock music right now is not as popular as it was you know 20 years ago. And so this is a dude who had success and is still very successful, but it is definitely like a dwindling thing. So then somebody else comes in and is able to kind of latch on to a trend. And he's like, you know, you're doing it all wrong because you're following this trend. You're not who you, you know, who you really are. But at the same time, it's somebody trying to make a career for themselves who's at the startup, which of course, I mean, that happens all the time is people who are like, man, you sold out. But in reality, it's like, no, just trying to have any kind of career. Mm. It's, I mean, it is a movie about, that is just two pretty broken people 
I don't know. It's it's awesome though. It's it's really good, but really devastating. And I cried so much in that movie. Oh my gosh. Okay. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. <laughs> Just how they say it in the movie. Yeah. Uh, talk about devastating movies. Uh, Ex Devastating. Yes. Well, in a certain sense, Michael, sure. Michael loves it when technology prevails. Yeah. <laughs> and it does. Oh, does it? It's really good, y'all. Watch that movie. Um, uh, it's wow, great performances. Alicia Vikander is uh, amazing, and she should be in every movie. She's really good. She's in you. You like that movie, The Green Knight, that she was yeah, in, right? Yeah, she's awesome in that. <laughs> I've never talked about that movie ever. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? My, Michael doesn't. You need to rewatch it. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, <laughs> dude. It's a movie where it's it's a low budget. But also like very CG heavy mm-hmm. in a sense, and like that could have completely tanked it and take taking oh, yeah. you out of it. But they, especially watching some behind the scenes, they really did a good job of blending some practical stuff and um, uh, integrating the visual effects in a very smart and seamless way. But it feels very real. Like it, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy to think that we would ever get to a point where it'd be that humanoid. But yeah. like. It, you buy it. It doesn't ever. You're never taken out of it. It's not too sci-fi. Oh yeah. To me. Well, to so, me the, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll say like whenever they they talk about the the Turing test, mm-hmm. I appreciated that the the movie was smart enough to use the Turing test because they use kind of like an immature understanding of how a Turing test works. Yeah. To introduce the idea. But then the main character at one point is like, well, that's not actually what the Turing test is. The Turing mm-hmm. test is this. And that like subtle, like it's, it's so well nuanced. Um, and it also works for the story because you just learn even more about like these characters and what, what's really happening mm-hmm. in between them. Uh, so just, just from that storytelling aspect, uh, I, I felt like the, the computer science aspect was... was was considered. Yeah. There's also something so great about, like, it is a movie about deception, strangely, mm. which, but, but yeah, like the Turing test, that's, that's what they're using is to go, of course, we're, we want a computer to, real intelligence is the ability to deceive, essentially, mm. is what we've, we've told ourselves in the, in that sense. It's, it's pretty crazy that, it, again, it's another movie that's like built on an understanding of something that they built the story around it. And it's just, it's, it's, well, that's what a movie is. Well, yeah. I mean, truly. Yeah. You're it's like, you, we, we've all said, we're going to sit down and, and stare at a screen mm-hmm. and pretend that what we are seeing is real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like the, um, Oscar Isaac character. Oh my I, I think I heard Oscar Isaac say they, he kind of modeled his look a little bit after Stanley Kubrick, like crazy beard, big glasses and, yeah. He, he definitely feels like a, a Steve Jobs or an Elon Musk. Like you could see this figure, even just the way he looks, like he has a very prominent look, bald head, glasses, huge beard. Like you could see this guy existing and like hiding out somewhere mm-hmm. in his hundreds of acres of property and creating an AI. Yeah. There's a there's a really interesting show uh, called Made for Love that was like an HBO Max original that is, I mean, a very different take of that kind of character, but it is like, lives out off the grid, but is is like so brilliant that people sort of let some of the the strangeness slide and are like, well he's mm-hmm. he's he's eccentric. Of course he is because he's a genius. And that movie does a great job, just like that show does, of like having this eccentric person that you just of course people let him go because he's 
creating amazing things. Yeah. And but but like this sort of is like what happens when you sort of then let him do too much. Also, is sort of a mm-hmm. part of it. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, and sort of he loses the humanity while creating robots. It's it is really good. Yeah. <laughs> Ex Machina is amazing. Um, so now we're we're about to get into your top five. Yeah, now, I've is, only seen well only. So there are a couple that I haven't seen. Yeah, it feels weird to to do these as my top five, especially one no of them. No doubt, is, no doubt. Just just be confident. Yeah, about yeah, it. no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I, I. But here's here's why it's weird, right? So some of these other movies are, that came out more recently, and I've seen them more recently. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like these these are ones, with the exception of the fifth one, are ones that I've watched infinite times and still find something incredible about them every single time. So I'll just do five. Um, I love horror when it's done thoughtfully and has an interesting premise and good performances. And I've, I have a lot of caveats to I love horror because there's a lot of bad horror. Yeah. Uh, it follows is one of those that to me is like a movie that took a, a pretty, pretty insane premise, which is sort of like playing on sexuality and, and sexual encounters and, Basically, even this, STDs. It, yeah, this entity like I, I haven't. I almost mm-hmm. watched it the other oh, night. I wish to. I had. Yeah. So like the this like entity, it follows you based on like, it, like an STD, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and and that's what like a lot of people kind that's of. That's how like, it's transmitted. Dumb, yes, a lot of people dumb it down to oh, it's like it's like an STD thing because I mean it's easy to do that because that's that is sort of how you. But the idea is you can pass it, this this entity on to the next person. But what is terrifying about it right is it is it is a thing that even if you escape it it is literally it just never sleeps it never stops and that's the the horror is not that this thing is you know some crazy monster it looks like people in your life um who have some connection to you not even if it's not somebody you know no just somebody that basically is unassuming and it just is constantly coming towards you and and it is sort of playing with the idea of adulthood in that way too, where it's this young person whose first encounter that's supposed to kind of be special ends up in fact being, I needed somebody who I could easily give this thing to because, because and it's fine. You just have to sleep with somebody else and that's it. And I'm not, I'm truly not giving anything away. That's the very beginning of the movie is, is somebody who has this moment that she thinks is supposed to be special. And then it's, it's like, no, I, I just need you to go. You can survive if you go do this to somebody else. And it's that idea of like, of the commodity of sexuality and of, mm. of of bodies and and youth, that it's it's pretty crazy that they're able to do like a successful scary horror movie that also like super heavy topics. Mm. Um, it's yeah. it is rough, but it is such a good watch. And well, there's a lot of really good filmmaking happening yes. in that that uh, that I think that you would enjoy, Sam. The score it's, you're gonna love the score. I forget the name of the director. He he did Under the Silver Lake, which yeah, I didn't yeah. love. I love the trailer for it, but I didn't <laughs> I didn't love the movie. But yeah. I, it follows. Definitely looks like something I'd enjoy. Yeah, I, honestly, you're gonna like the score a lot because it's David Robert Mitchell. Right. That's David, right. I knew That's right. I knew there was a David in there. Yeah, um, that movie. I'm like, I, and 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 I don't know what he'll do later in his career, but that is one that it, just immediately I was like, you had a a premise and a in a visual sense, and it is it is a story told mostly through visuals. So it is so original. It's not based on anything at all. Mm-hmm. Not that's that I know awesome. of. Um, it's it's so good, man. And and like that's one of the 
few horror movies I've seen in like recent memory that I remember just going like leaving the theater and being like, I just saw a film when I was not mm. sure what to expect. And of course, like I loved it, loved it. And it was just like, woof. And it just hit me and it was like that wave and the credits are rolling. And then these dudes stand up behind me and just boo. Really? Yep. And I was like, what did you think you were about to watch? <laughs> because you just watched the same movie I did. You should have caught on very early because it it lays out very clearly. There's a really beautiful shot where the camera's just spinning while the character's at their school. Mm-hmm. And it's just slowly, slowly spinning. And every time you see a person in the distance walking, you wonder. Yeah. you're not sure. Which, it's scaring you too. Like, it, the movie, without ever doing jump scares, is playing with your expectations and who you should be afraid of. And it's pretty interesting that way. And again, it's 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 got a lot to say too. It's not these are decisions that are made. You know what I mean? It's it is filmmaking decisions, mm-hmm. not just consequentially, is it scary? It's it's very clever. I don't know. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Number four. <laughs> Number four. Um, this is a very different movie than that. Uh Young Frankenstein. We talked about like my love for parody films and like satirical films. There were like the they made Mel Brooks made the choice to make this in black and white so that it could view be viewed as an actual sequel to the original Frankenstein films, <laughs> which I thought was very fun. But it is one of those movies that I will never not find a moment that I just cannot stop. Like I have to I can't breathe because I'm laughing. Like stupid things that are just so brilliant and great, like characters riding in a in a in a hay wagon going towards the castle, and somebody saying werewolf, and they go werewolf, and then he goes there, there wolf, there castle, and he goes, why are you talking like that? I thought you wanted to. And I don't want to. Suit yourself. I'm easy. It's just this great, like stupid, casual delivery of stuff that is like the stupidest thing but everyone acts like it's so serious that it just it plays so well and it's oh my gosh there's like you it's the most quotable movie of all time Mm -hmm. and it also is like truly one of the funniest things in the world and i I don't think we'll probably get another one of those um i wish mel brooks would make one last movie and i just think he's done with that he's like producing a history of the world part two for hulu and I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> like let's see where that goes. But like, I just, I don't know. There are few, few comedies that like can just go through the whole thing where I feel like I just haven't stopped laughing. Mm. Yeah, and it's one of those. Very rare. Oh, it's so good. Anyways, okay. So number three, again, very different film. Coraline. I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with like the Leica films. Uh, it's one of those. I'm always going to go see whatever they put out. I'm going to go see it in theaters, like Missing Link and, and Paranorman, and I mean. Yeah, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. I haven't seen any of those. Oh my god! All, like, all of those look Watch so interesting. Man, all. I've just never watched. Uh, them. Kubo in particular is one that I mean, Coraline is. There's a reason it's on my top. Is is that is a movie that is such a beautifully written story. It is sort of like the "Be careful what you wish for" classic children's story. I think it's based on a Neil Gaiman work. If I remember correctly, it is. Um, and um, uh, it is it is essentially like child goes through a doorway where a seemingly perfect world is created, and you just have to agree to this one thing. And if you agree to that one thing, you can stay here forever and live in peace. And it is a children's story that is, but also kind of dark and twisted, which is like the stuff I loved and like gravitated towards when I was a kid, which is like, I don't know what that says about me, but like, but like that's the stuff like I really loved is, is like dark 
fantasy that starts seemingly good and it's sort of like twists the knife a little yeah. bit. And this is a story that does that so well. And it's also just freaking one of the most beautiful films you've ever seen. Uh, it is stop motion puppetry, but I mean, it's so fluid and beautiful. And like, oh my gosh, you just got to watch it. Like there's stuff that it just, you every scene you just go, I don't know how they did it. It's just, it's magic. Stop motion stuff, when it's done as well as Leica does it, it's straight up magic. And, mm. and I don't think there's anything else like it. They're one of those studios. Like it. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> anyway. Um, they're one of those studios that, like, I will go see whatever they put out in theaters because I want to support them because it is, mm. I mean, it's an artistry that, like, nobody else is doing it on their level. Um, most Mostly nobody's doing it. And I don't know. It's so good. So did they, did they help out with any of Wes Anderson's stop motion stuff? Fantastic Mr. Fox? I don't think they did. Is that just all him? I th- uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he probably has brought in cinematographers who've worked on other stop motions. I would I would be willing to bet. Um, but like Leica, I would say way more than Wes Anderson's stuff. He wants it to be a little like boxy and kind of kind of like not flow as smoothly. And yeah. Leica wants you to just disappear into it. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, you just got, I think um you're gonna love it. It I so I also like love the Studio Ghibli films and it has that same kind of weird feeling feeling of like childhood innocence and and the idea of like adults not really being able to see things that the children can see. Mm. And they play a lot with that kind of stuff where it, it is like it is about that age of wonderment and like and the danger that can come with that. A mm-hmm. lot of their stuff plays with that concept. Coraline is does it better than anything, and I just think it's I just think it's their best film, but I also love everything they put out. So, anyways, yeah, I can't do the buttons for eyes. Oh, it's dark, man. Yeah, you just have to agree to have buttons for eyes, and you can stay there forever. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing Button what eyes. that's all about. Yeah, it's dude, it's <laughs> it's good, man. But I, yeah, I love a story that plays with that like dark element of just like no, it seems great. Yeah. Um. Oh man, it's it's so good. Anyways, okay. Two is a movie that is on everyone's list. In one way or another, Jurassic Park. Uh, I don't like uh, two very much. I don't. I like three, but it is also because I was like a teenager and I was like, "Ooh, Jurassic Park mm-hmm. movie!" And then all of the Jurassic World stuff, I could just like throw in a fire forever. Um, I don't like it. Jurassic Park. Uh, I rewatched again not very long ago, like a couple months ago, and I've probably seen it a dozen times, and I love it. So very much to me, like, you know, Steven Spielberg had Jaws and this feels like that same level of like storytelling and monsters at the same time and just like harrowing good entertainment that you're just like, ah, just edge of your seat. And uh, it's but again, it also plays with like wonderment in a way that I'm just like, that's what that's what makes it so good. It's like, what is this park? Why is it so special is because it really is a thing that we all kind of want is like this this spectacle we never can have Mm. and so it's it's you can the movie does such a good job of setting up why is this special and why would somebody Mm. be so willing to just invest in it and and he has this richard hammond has this dream and he spares no expense and he wears cool hats (laughs) the uh the movie reviewer on youtube jeremy johns i don't know if either you watch him uh he this was like years ago and some video is doing talk about jurassic world and he said when he was watching Jurassic World, he knew there was a problem when the music swelled and the camera comes over and it's the music, the the main theme of Jurassic Park comes in and it's the buildings of yeah. the park. 
Whereas in the original movie, when the theme swells, you're looking at the dinosaurs and all their glory. It just kind of shows how like you're completely missing the point. Yeah. Like this it, is it not uses what it was. them as monsters right. and not as really beautiful creatures that we just did, shouldn't be part of. Yeah. That's that's the the great trick of the first movie is these are awesome creatures that we should not be in the same world as. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yes. And that's what the whole first movie is about. And I do think that's why the Jurassic World movies don't win is because they go, dinosaurs are cool, right? You should run from them. You should be scared. Right. And you're like, that's not ever been the point. Like, it's not the point. Like, they try to kind of work around it with the whole, like, they're dinosaurs. You know, that's wow enough. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's your one line where you actually believe it. And no other point do you feel that. Versus Jurassic Park has, like, instantly wonderful characters like uh, Ian Malcolm. Just, like, so everything's good. chaos, water on the hand. There's so many really cool, specific character moments that you can just stick with. Uh, and then we got Dodson over here. See, nobody cares. Like, there's just, like, these weird little moments that are, like, all throughout. There's It's just the humanity in this story on every level it's it's just like the specificity you you don't get from most filmmakers that Steven yeah. Spielberg just kills it. At. He I really identify with the the kid after yes. the tree falls out, or the car falls out of the tree. He's yeah. like, I threw up. Yeah, <laughs> dude, there's, it's truly like that movie is one of those where you like. There's not a scene that goes by that doesn't have some really specific thing. Like it it doesn't just go like generic at any point. It is like that's artistry to be really good filmmaking doesn't let a moment slide by without some specificity that just makes it so unique that you just can't do it again. Um, I don't know. that That's a that's a great moment where it's just his delivery is good. These two kids that – kids in movies can be terrible. Ooh, right, yeah. <laughs> and that's two kids that like – oh, the only thing – the only thing to me in that movie is the whole like her looking for files in the system uh, as somebody who works with computers – and it's a Unix system. Yeah. I know this. And then and then you're like, that's not a Unix system <laughs> at all. And she's literally like walking. To, it's like in the computer. It's like oh, as if she's walking through a filing system. And yeah, she's like looking, looking at the, oh, the, the yeah, like all the files are actually like skyscrapers in some yeah. city. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's 90s, man. Um, but honestly, that Jurassic World Park. No, not Jurassic <laughs> World. <sighs> Close one, guys. Um, <laughs> Jurassic Park is. So good and so creative in the puppetry. It's like, mm. I mean, there's there's so much stuff. Uh, like, I haven't even talked about that. But, like, it just, it is, like, revolutionary in a lot of movies like that where you're like, yeah, it was a big step in technology. That doesn't mean it's going to be a good movie. Right. This movie goes, it's a big step in technology because we needed it to tell this story. The T-Rex scene in the rain. Oh, my gosh. All the, every Still time you so see, the, like, the eye dilate, like, it's crazy. Ooh. Ooh. it's and And honestly, like, stuff like that that you're just, like, you set up something and pay it off in a beautiful way. Like they go the first time they're like get disappointed because they can't see a T-Rex. And then 10 minutes later in the movie, they're back there. Everything they've been setting up to this point all hits the fan at the same time. And then you see it and you're like, ah! they, they know when to hold stuff. They hold the velociraptors back mm-hmm. until you really can see them at the Yep. creepiest time and I again I don't think any of the movies since that first one have really done such a good job of just making you wait for it it's it's what Steven Spielberg did well with Jaws too and it, it, he knows the trick of it is like it's sometimes the anticipation is what makes it so exciting yeah um the first time you really see a dinosaur is like you said with the music swell and it feels so good when you see him in all their glory and you're like heck yeah 
That's right. Yeah. That's it's so good, man. I don't know. Definitely deserves a rewatch. All yeah. the, all these movies you keep bringing up, I'm like yeah. man. I don't know if you knew this. Some people, uh, the, they'll say that July sixth is the day to watch Jurassic Park. It's Weird. like July sixth day. Jurassic. Park oh, that's weird, a yeah. stretch. <laughs> yeah, I was like, was that the day the park was supposed to be? No. That's just, oh, yeah. It's a weird one. Well, we're Ooh, on the last movie. The All right, guys. This is the last movie. We're um, on number one. Uh, this is a movie that I literally had to convince so many of my friends to watch growing up because I saw this when I was maybe in like eighth grade, which is maybe too young for it. But thankfully, it's a movie that aged with me. And I feel like I just discovered more the importance importance of it to me and what mm. it means and it is, it's, it is art yes yeah. it is uh the truman show it is mm. it is populist art it is the ability to tell a story that hits everyone in mm. different ways but is also still so like i mean it, it is of the people unabashedly it knows what it's doing but also is like it is so beautiful and it tells such like a heartwarming story and has a character who is flawed and that's what people want to watch him for. If I mean, yeah, if you don't know Truman Show, it, I mean, essentially is a, a person who's a, adopted by essentially a, a TV channel and they make a show of his life every single day of his life, every aspect of his life. he has no idea. And he has no idea. Completely unwitting. Yeah, when he's a baby and stuff, it's, it seems as though people are a little more okay with it because it's like, oh, he's a kid. He's not, it doesn't matter. But as he gets older and stuff and you literally are like every aspect of his life, he's never known anything real the people that are put in his life uh are supposed to be his best friend and supposed to be his girlfriend and then supposed to be his wife and it's the way that we write tv characters but making someone's personal life be that and so it's the idea of of you never truly having free will so then when he starts exuding free will and really seeing the world break down around him it's trying to realize what was true about himself i would say is I don't know. There's so, it's such a good movie. Truman Show is like one of those where I don't know. Every time I watch it, there's something cool, new detail that they did. I learned recently uh, on a rewatch that there's a part where his his friend, his best friend, it works with like a candy distributor, and so he starts you know putting up candy. He's like, oh hey Truman, you know he's saying hello to him, putting candy in the machine, and then whenever Truman goes to walk away, he starts. Taking it back. Yeah, he, just taking him back. Oh, really? He, and then Truman walks back and he so he starts putting him again. But oh, that's because snap. he's an actor who's been told to do this action. Yeah. And and it's such a good detail that you just didn't have to have. But it's the and the, the movie is filled with those and it's it's done so beautifully. Full of product placement. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the product, product placement, placement all over saying the place. a lot in that sense. Yeah. It's saying a lot about it's it's more relevant than ever now and how it ends with mm-hmm. literally the last shot is like all right, what else is on? Yeah. It's like, yeah. literally, we just can't. Yeah, it, it was content. It doesn't matter if we see an entire person's life play out on a TV show and they don't even know it. Yeah. The greatest, like, reality TV you could ever want. Just move on. As on soon as it's thing. over, you're like, all right, what else? Yeah. But but it's also, like, to me, is is one of those movies about, like, about decency and kindness. Yeah. And, like, and I'm so drawn to this character who, like, even as he realizes that this is going on, he still is like, he's he, as angry as he is, he doesn't really take it out on the people around him, mm-hmm. which you I almost expect him to. Like he, 
he really only gets mad at his wife once, gets mad at his friend once, and but he's still like, he doesn't really take it out on them. He doesn't even take it out on this godlike creator of the show, right? It's instead his his final reaction is to say the thing that he said to his neighbor every day, mm-hmm. which is good morning and in case I don't see you again, good evening, good afternoon, and good night. And it's and it literally is like it's trying to say like you you didn't choose who I am. I'm I'm me. The I remember the first time I watched it, the the line that hit me was uh, so this is we're, we're talking about the end of this movie. I, I, it is yeah, sorry. over twenty years old. Yeah, yeah. so you hopefully, just, hopefully this isn't spoiling point, it. This is the last movie. It's on all three of our top twenty. Yeah. By the way, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's an incredible nice. movie. Yeah. We we share this number one, but uh, yeah, when Truman's having the back and forth between him and Kristoff, mm-hmm. uh, and Kristoff like is saying all these things that that he knows about Truman and it's just saying like you know it's such a great time like you need to stay here yeah, just trying to convince him to stay uh and uh Truman like disagrees with him but he's he, he says like you never had a camera inside my head yeah and, and that line has always stuck with me because like he he chooses to leave he chooses you're right he he never like wants revenge for anything he just recognizes like oh I never had this control really, and yeah. now I want it. He also chooses uncertainty. He yeah. doesn't yeah. know what he's he he doesn't know that the world outside is better than what's in here. He just knows that this isn't this isn't true. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, I'm going to go and look for what's true. There's a crazy reading of it that some people have, I've talked to are like, oh yeah, he leaves it to go to that girl that he you know fell for, you know, 15 years ago, and I'm like, nope. That is not the case. Not that they don't kind of set up that he has this connection that he she's never left his mind, but like that's not what they're telling you at all. What they're telling you is that like he's never had the freedom to chase that if he wanted to. Yeah. Everything has been decided for him and so yeah, like you said it's that it's the uncertainty and the ability to to discover something for himself for the first time ever is what is what he needs and and that's what is just kind of so beautiful about it to me is like he has to take that step because he never could go back. Like once he knows, you just can't go back. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, so good, man. That the shot of the wide shot of him on the staircase mm. literally looks like a Renaissance painting. Like yeah. it's such a perfect image. Uh, I want to tattoo it on my eyelids. Honestly, very rich with symbolism. Oh yeah, stairway to heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. What a bang to end on the Truman Show, one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, uh, Micah Smith, thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for, for Jackson Film Club, the podcast. Do you have uh, any any folks you need to shout out? Any things that you want to uh, mention? Plug? Yeah, so I, I like uh, you guys mentioned, I play in a band called Empty Atlas. Uh, we are based in the Jackson area, but tour all around the Southeast. Uh, we put out an album in the middle of a pandemic, which is clever to do, just like Taylor Swift. Um, it doesn't sound like that, though. Uh, the album's called Kairos, and it's on Spotify and Apple Music and all that stuff, and you can go listen to it, and hopefully we're playing somewhere near you soon. Um, get vaccinated and come to things. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Mike. Bye. Oh, hi, guys. I was just listening to your podcast, and I feel like Sam... His voice is just, like, so annoying to listen to. 
And I just wanted to say that I think that you could knock Sam down a couple of pegs. And he seems pretty proud. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs>